passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. What do you think uh, Arkansas winds up when we get the AP poll at 11 o'clock this morning? Right mm, as halftime kicks off. 17. 19. They move two spots. Yeah. I agreed with you about the Florida. I would not be surprised if we yeah. saw Florida move up, which frustrates the dog out of me because they're a media darling. I heard more about AJ. Sorry, not AJ. What's it? I'm, I'm thinking what Desmond Howard kept calling KJ on college game day, which drove me insane. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. I swear he got more love for what he did against Utah, well, which he had a great performance, but I didn't hear anything about K.J. Jefferson and him going 18 for 26 with four total touchdowns on Saturday. Anthony Richardson, is he the best dual-threat quarterback in this league? I'm asking a question. I'm not making a declaration. We know who the other guy is we're talking about. That's our quarterback, K.J. That's going to be an interesting back and forth, of the as the, and they're not going to play in the regular season, obviously, but... You look at Richardson's numbers. I didn't write. I don't have him right in front of me, but he had a hundred, like 106 yards rushing and 164 or something like that passing. He's I mean, a better runner than KJ. Cater KJ has become more of a polished passer. So I didn't even know. I mean, that. Richardson's got a really strong arm too. Doesn't yeah, he? he he's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. So I mean, I think that's going to be an interesting follow this year if there if there is such a thing with dual threat guys and. You know, who might be the better dual? They may go back and forth this year, but um, Richardson established himself this week in Florida to keep this going, to keep this hype. And I don't, Florida doesn't need hype, but they got to beat Kentucky this week to kind of prove, or at least hang to the end. But this is a huge week for Kentucky. So there's some big games that kind of going to set the course, chart the course for a season. I think that Florida Kentucky game this week. One team's going left, one team's going right after this one. It's, it's a big deal. And I said here last week, said, man, if Florida goes 0-2 to start the Billy Napier area, which is really possible with Utah and Kentucky coming in, 
And kind of where does that put you? But obviously that's not part of the equation any longer. Could start 2-0. and Could start 2-0 and and have two ranked wins. Go so, the opposite of that. Yeah, so, hey, it is Tuesday. I know it feels like Monday. We're getting back in the swing of things. How about after all that money you spent this weekend, you save a little money today with Dollar Tacos at Joe's Grill and Cantina in Fort Smith. So if you're in the River Valley, uh, today's a great, don't forget, it's Taco Tuesday. So, you know, you got all the things to catch up on. Kids got activities. Why not feed the family for for cheap tonight at Joe's Grill? If you're out for lunch today, taking somebody out for business lunch or whatever, Joe's has these uh, all day long plus burritos on specials. Their other tacos are on specials as well. But uh, crispy beef and crispy chicken tacos today are one dollar each. It's Taco Tuesday, Joe's Grill and Cantina. And oh, by the way, they'll be open Saturday for the game. They'll open up uh, a little early today. They always open at 1045. Probably going to seat some people a little early, get ready for an 11 a.m. kickoff. Half-price apps and taps again during the game on Saturday at Joe's Grill and Cantina, South 74th Street across from Harps in Fort Smith. It's hard to beat that no, you when can't it comes do to that. Arkansas yeah. football and watching those games. It's uh, Get you a Bloody Mary or get you a screwdriver and get going on a Saturday morning. There you go. So we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. Most of our conversation, for obvious reasons, was on the Arkansas-Cincinnati game. The college football playoff is expanding. $600 million is what they're ranking now. Ross Ellinger, Sports Illustrated, reporting they can make $1.2 million per year. Now, the key to all this is right to... Not million. Billion. billion. $1.2 okay. billion per year. The key to all of this is... They have, right now, Tommy, just on one network, right? Mm-hmm. So one network. ESPN has them all. The idea, similar to the NFL, is to spread it out. Semifinals. Final. Well, you're a different place. You're if you're going to make up that money that we're talking about to get to that $1.2 billion point. Well, you're going to have days. Let's see. You're going to give. Let's just walk through the logistics here for a second. You're going to have the top four teams get a bye. That means there's eight teams left. That means there's four games. Now, I guess you could break those four games up over two days, but that's probably not going to happen. They're going to want to play four games in one day, right? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it'd be difficult for one network to handle four games in the first round of a 12-team playoff with the top four getting buys. Then you come back the next week, guess what? you got four games again. So, And they're going to be... The, the, the other interesting thing to me is how the bowls factor into all this because obviously the first round game is going to be on home campuses, so bowls are out on that deal. So that that to me is uh, the bowl structure is a little up in the air as well. So I think it does end up with multiple networks because a you can squeeze more money that way, but b how do you logistically make it all work? I mean, there's there's only so much real estate. And you want each game to have its own place. So let me throw this in this wrinkle in Tom Brady. Probably after the season, maybe he plays one more after this, is eventually going to take over Fox number one NFL job. Do you think he calls a college football playoff game? Probably with, not. I mean, with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady can do anything he wants because he's the, the biggest name in football. Mm-hmm. You think it'll just be clad Gus Johnson, assuming that's what well. they'll put? I don't know. I mean, you, you bring up a good question because when you pay someone $350 million, was yes. it? It's $35 million a year, I believe. Um, more than you, you and I make in, 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 a, in a lifetime. Yeah, um, you expect you know, they're going to have to be available for everything. So I, I don't know, um, but Tom Brady's different. 
that would would that make you tune in more because Tom Brady was on a college game? I mean, he, he doesn't have the connections and the insights and all that, but um, yeah, that's an interesting question, yes. I would think Fox and ESPN slash ABC end up with the inside lanes on these um, college football playoff games down the road, but that's just my opinion on it. We'll have to wait and see on this, but let's think about this from an Arkansas vantage point, as we often do on this show. You're not likely, unless something crazy happens, going to make the college football playoff this year that consists of four teams. But if this was at 12, as it stands right now, Tommy, I think you got a much better shot to make the college. And think about a postseason game inside of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Now, that would be something special, I would think. But, which would also event. require you to be a top eight team because, obviously, they're going to seed. Yep. One through four is going to be off that first week. Fourth or five through eight would be the the teams that I would presume would host those uh, those campus games that we're talking about, and then I believe the next week we'll probably move back into the bowl setting and neutral sites. I don't think they've laid all of that out, but I think that's kind of what I've read about it at this point because they're not. Hey, listen, these people that make these decisions—the chancellors, the presidents, the ads—they don't want their Rose Bowl cruise to Cabo canceled, and that's what you know. At the end of the day, these bowls have long, um, you know, taken care of and influenced the decision makers with great trips and great perks um, that they enjoy. Listen, we'd all enjoy being invited to a uh, Rose Bowl junket that includes a, you know, a cruise to, you know, wherever. Hey, we're going to have our board meeting in Hawaii this month. You know, we're going to go to Belize to have the next business. I mean, those are the things that, you know, and I'm maybe exaggerating to a, to a, a, a small detail, but listen, that's... That's why these things have sustained for so long. The power brokers love the little extras that they get. And they're not little extras. They're big extras. Not too bad. I was. We were going over some bowl destinations, Tommy, and apparently the Cotton Bowl, as you said, is the most well-run bowl of any of them. And right now, A&M is projected against Oklahoma, I think, as the third-best team in the SEC. You never know. Arkansas could sneak yeah. into that Cotton Bowl this year if things fall the right way. It's kind of like the... You know that game you play at Chuck E. Cheese or Dave and Buster's where you put in a quarter or something and it goes and you try to hit in that one hole even though mm-hmm. it's going to hit about 50 <laughs> pegs on the way down? Like that's Twinko on uh, Price is Right? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what Arkansas football well, is right now. Is you're hoping to land in this one spot and you got to hit about 50 pegs on the way down. 50 things have to go right for your, in order for that to happen. Listen, um, we always appreciate playing in Florida. I think the best facility is obviously in Arlington the best run you know for the for the cotton bowl and that facility I think New Orleans is a great destination we all love going there so if you could I mean if you can finish in that top two three four and I think two is a stretch but the more they expand this college football playoff and the the way it's going to be structured be interesting you may have a chance to get in something like the cotton bowl or the sugar bowl on a more regular basis depending on how they rotate those through First, second, semifinals, the, the, the structure of the college football playoff. In, I still think it will be 2026. Greg Sankey kind of leaned that way in some of his comments over the year, but they uh, they could start it as early as 2024. It's not going to start any earlier than the TV money is set. And to me, the dominoes that have to fall is the SEC's got to get their regular season deal worked out moving forward with ESPN. 
before that other domino can fall because how will ESPN be ready to bid until they know the answer to that question? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff has to get shaken out for order of this to happen, but I think this is a good uh, just a good something to monitor in the the coming well, days, weeks, and wherever. As you said, it's more opportunity. Arkansas is probably not going to have very many years in our lifetime, at least the way things are now, that you're going to, to win or play for an SEC championship game. We've seen them do that in the, in the past, but it's a different landscape now. But we've seen 2006, 2010, 2011, where you certainly would have had a chance in a 12-team format to make the playoffs. We've seen, what was it, 2011, they were the third-best team in this league. 2010, they went to the Sugar Bowl as third-best team in this league. So, um, you know, the the idea that Arkansas can't be a part of this would just, just study your history and recent history. I mean, maybe, not, maybe not in the last two or three or four or five years, obviously, but, you know, in the last 15 to 20 years, Arkansas has had at least three opportunities, in my opinion, to be in a format like this. Well, I want to know what Sam Pittman thinks. He told us yesterday. Ford, I think I think it'd be good for the fans. I think it'd be you know it, you're bringing twelve fan bases instead of four, and I'm all for it. And I, you know they'll figure out how to do the bowls and all that. It it probably will cost another game, but I'm all for it. He's for it. Sounds like. Well, I mean, you know, the the fans, you know, and as a fan. You know, you're going to watch all the games. I mean, how many will you get to go to? Most of us can't afford to foot the bill to go to, you know. Now, you might be able to go to a home game. Say you're fortunate enough to be one of the four teams to get to host a college football playoff game. You probably afford to do that because you're not far away. But think if you had to travel. I don't pick a school that you might travel to right now. Let's say it's Clemson. Say Clemson's number five in the country, but you're number 12 or whatever. I'm just throwing things out. You may not be able to travel to Clemson one week and then 10 days later travel to a lot of money. Pasadena or travel. Yeah. You might make that. You'll have to make choices. And uh, most fans just can't foot the bill, particularly at the holidays for all of that. But um, but it will be good because it's one more thing to latch on to. And as Sam said, it would be one more game. But who's not up for another college football game in your season? Particularly in December where there's, unless you're a big NFL fan, there's not a lot going on. I think what some people are thinking is it might be outcomes like we saw this past Saturday against Oregon and Georgia. They're not wanting to see that, but I don't know how you, again, the first four teams get a bye, so I guess five versus 12, six versus 11, Mm -hmm. seven versus 10. Those games might be a little stiffer, but maybe when you get into those closer games, it's just a absolute massacre. I don't know how this is going to shake out. What I do know is that it's right on our doorstep. Earliest being 2024, latest 2026, yes. correct? So, and what it also does is open the door where there's no limit on what your conference can earn. That includes the Big Ten, but it's also the SEC and any other league and how it shakes out. So, the SEC may have four or five teams in the top 12. That's not beyond the realm of possibilities right now. I mean, if you just look at, you know, there's three or four teams right now you consider in the top 15 range. And Arkansas is knocking on that door. I mean, obviously, Bama and Georgia are there. A&M's there in most people's opinion. Then you start looking, and Arkansas is right there. Who, who am I leaving out? Florida's going to be there in some people's opinion uh, if they beat Kentucky this week. So, um, you know, the, the and if, if you get back to the times where LSU's good, Bama's good, Georgia sustains their program, if Florida gets back to being good, then you got an Arkansas. The idea of having four or five teams – 
in the top 12 for a league like the SEC, pretty good. Now, you're guaranteed a non-Power 5 team going to be in that top six because it's going to be the highest-ranked six conference champions. So a team like Cincinnati, um, a team that might win the Mountain West or, or some other non-Power 5 league is going to fit in there. And Cincinnati's a team that's going to be, I think, on a lot of people's radars. And I think that makes those jobs, like what Fickle has, maybe a little more attractive now than what they were a, a week ago. Because now you can win a national mm-hmm. championship from a place like Cincinnati because you're going to be on the bracket. All you got to do is win the games. Yep. It's a little it's a little more uh, little easier now once this comes into place. A job like UCF. Now, they're going to be in the Big 12, which you would consider Power 5 perhaps moving forward. But they have been in the AAC. Places like that, um, you know, moving forward might have a little more attraction to an up-and-coming coach or even an established coach. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of this shakes out when we get a few more details. Let's get into some headlines this morning. Jason Peters, as of yesterday, is a Dallas Cowboy. Here's what Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, said on the new. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys now have a new left tackle. Sources say Jason Peters, the future Hall of Famer, longtime Eagle star, one of the players on the all-decade team, he is now expected to sign with the Cowboys. They have agreed to terms on a deal. It is a one-year deal for Peters, who, of course, is now a necessity after the injury for Tyron Smith, another uh, pro bowler that the Cowboys have had a left tackle. Peters expected to start in the practice squad, work himself into shape, and then lightly find his way in the lineup for the Dallas Cowboys. Nine Pro Bowls, 228 games, 218 starts. He's got himself a resume, Tommy, heading to Arlington. I think he's the the greatest Razorback as far as NFL career uh, Arkansas has ever had. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame. I mean, Pro Football Hall of Fame, rather. Um, he's probably made more money than any professional athlete in football. I mean, may, I don't know if Joe Johnson would top that in basketball. He'd probably be the one in basketball that's made the most money. That's not always how you equate the best, but everything you mentioned with nine Pro Bowls, I, I don't know how you don't consider Jason Peters the greatest pro hog of all time in this program. With no offense to Dan Hampton or Lance Allworth or some other guys that are in the Hall of Fame that have Super Bowl rings in Hampton's case, but Peters... Atwater, too. Atwater would be another one. It shouldn't leave him off the list. Joe Ferguson had a 17- or 18-year run, but the success and the Pro Bowls, and you just put it all under uh, you know, under one bow, if you will. And to me, Jason Peters' career probably is number one, in my opinion. What part of Texas is he from? I don't remember. I'm gonna have to look I know up. this. When you lined him and Sean Andrews up on that same side back in the day, you know, 17, 18 years ago, 03, 04... <sighs> Good luck. Queen City, Texas. Can't say I've ever been there. Queen City, Texas. And that's, uh, again, we talk about how important Texas is for Arkansas football. That's a perfect example right here. Mm-hmm. A guy that's going to wind up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Got a big game this Saturday. College game day, Texas and Alabama. It's a big game for at least Texas fans. I think Alabama fans think it's going to be pretty, pretty wide margin ball game. Line right now is at 20. It started about 18, 17 and a half or whatever. Steve Sarkeesian's got asked a ton of questions as he should about this game and 
One of the things he was kind of joking about this week is uh, getting yelled at by Nick Saban. Lane used to get it pretty good. I don't mind saying that. Lane's a good friend of mine. There's a couple I vividly remember. I was kind of in the press box looking down, and there was a lot of going on. You know, I got it too. <laughs> I think that shaped us, right? You know, it's like anything. We're like players at that point. It's like, okay. But part of it is, if he's yelling at you, you probably didn't reach an expectation or a standard of, of what he was expecting of you. Do they keep this game within three touchdowns? No. What would you say? The line was 18 or something? It moved up to about 20, 20, 20 and a half. I mean, okay, if, if we had 100 morning rush dollars to put, 1,000 morning rush dollars to put on this game, which way would you go? Because I'm... I'm laying the points. I'm taking Bama and I'll give you 20. Yeah, I think that that's probably the smart solution on that. <laughs> I would guess that's probably the... You go broke betting against Nick Saban. I mean, but they're the better team. They're going to be more... Fi- we saw last year, and you think Texas has fixed all of their line of scrimmage issues in a year? They got manhandled in Fayetteville. And we love the Razorbacks, but... Arkansas is not on the same level at the line of scrimmage as Bama. Bama's a different animal. Yeah, Bama's going to, I mean, they're going to manhandle those guys up front. Shouldn't Arkansas be able to do that against South Carolina if Georgia State can do it? I believe. I I think that's the difference in the game. I know we're going to turn our attention probably more so tomorrow when Chuck's back with us. We kind of hit the middle of the week. We're still reflecting. Uh, For some of you, you probably weren't listening yesterday. But, yeah, I think that's exactly... Uh, I think Cincinnati, A, in my opinion, is the better football team between South Carolina and Cincinnati, number one. Number two, five veteran offensive linemen off a college football playoff team. We, I think we feel like the offensive line for Cincinnati is better than South Carolina based on what we saw with South Carolina Saturday. So, absolutely. And South Carolina's offense, you said this earlier, they only scored 21 points themselves in that ball game. Now, they're going to get coached. They're going to watch film. They're going to improve all just those like things, Arkansas, just man. like Arkansas will. But I think there's some things that Barry Odom will uh, pinpoint he can attack just based on what you've read and see. And we do remember they didn't have their starting center Saturday, Cincinnati, so it was really four because Chuck mentioned That's that before the point. game. I think he, I think there was reported they towards ACL or something. He's if out I for the year, yeah, yeah. if I remember that correctly. So Arkansas had some success. Other t- it felt like it was feast or famine. I felt like Arkansas was hitting Ben Bryant, getting a sack, or putting him on the turf. And I say turf, it's grass. Or he had 10 years to throw the football. I didn't feel like it was anywhere in between. Felt like he was getting hit, or he had all day to throw. You know, Sam Pittman talked after the game about the aggressive play calling of Barry Odom, that defense. Um, They brought Cattle on early in that game, and there there were some things they're going to have to work out with all of that, but... I I think Barry Odom was was is willing to roll the dice and take some risks and leave leave some places open to put pressure on the quarterback and I think that is something if you're Beamer if you're um, Rattler you're 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 thinking about those things this week about where the pressure may be coming from and I think that's one thing you don't know is it going to come from 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 the edge in the corner. Or are we going to bring it all the way from the safety? And, you know, whether Catalan plays or doesn't or Slusher plays, plays or doesn't may affect the way Odom approaches this. But I think Arkansas showed enough on film to give South Carolina a lot to worry about this week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's believe b-l-e-a-v 50 that's believe b-l-e-a-v 5-0 bet online where the game starts first western bank we are more than just a bank we are your partner for all your financial services First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. No, we received a bunch of questions yesterday on the status of Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher. Sam Pittman said, we're not ready to figure out Catalan's situation, or, or we haven't yet. Slusher's in the same boat. I think Isaiah Nichols were, will be fine. So that's on three defensive players. A lot of you want to know, hey, what's the deal with Dominique Johnson as well? You know, I hope so. I, I, I don't know. We're going to put him out there today and see what he can do and if we feel good about it, I, th- I felt like we were experimenting with him a little bit last week. And it was basically, I don't think he's going to play type of experimentation. And, but we were trying to get him ready for a possibility to play against South Carolina. Our gut was right last week that he wasn't going to play against Cincinnati. Has your mentality changed about Saturday? 71 plays last week. Arkansas rushed it 45 of those plays. And amongst those 45... Rocket Sanders got 20 carries. KJ had 18. I mean, there's a budget here, right? I mean, you got to divvy all that up. So uh, who loses out? I mean, A.J. Green had three. DeBinion had two. Where else is I mean, so, something's got to give. So it's got to be Rocket, and maybe you're running KJ less because who who liked the fact that KJ got beat up a little bit last week? Now, he's just part of it when you got a quarterback like him, but – the wear and tears will, will will mount up, and that was a physical ball game. So I could see KJ, you know, part of that RPO offense. He's just going to run it. That's just part of the deal. But uh, maybe 18s, maybe they try to game plan for a little bit less of KJ, and and also save Rocket if you can get those guys in a little bit, and you know, have them. I want them fresh and ready for the A and M game. So do you think Dominic plays this week? I do, and I think he gets half a dozen carries. That's probably a good number. Something like that. Back. Again, I, I'm under the impression... I'd like to see a little less right now from, from Rocket. More from Johnson, maybe a little more from Green, if it's enough to win. I mean, do you do whatever you got to do to win the ballgame, obviously. And who's got the hot hand, too. Right. So, maybe save those guys. Uh, and, you know, save them for what? Well, I want I want everybody as, 
as healthy as they can possibly be for that A&M game. So. You got Bumper Poole and Jordan Dominic, who got awards from the SEC office yesterday. Bumper won the SEC, not co, but player of the week. Jordan Dominic won the defensive lineman of the week. Both a first-time award for both those guys. Jordan coming over from the ACC, first time really in the SEC, and then Bumper. Kind of surprised that he's never won one before, but his first defensive player of the week. For all you Dallas Cowboys fans out there, big news. Jason Peters, he's happy to be a Dallas Cowboy. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really call it arrogance. I mean, they had swagger, you know, pretty much the same thing. You know, the swagger, you know, they go in uh, week in and week out with that swagger. You can tell how the defense play. You know, Dak and, and, and Zeke, you know, scoring and everybody showing their emotions on their, on their shoulders. I mean, I like that, to be honest. You know, that's how we did it in Philly, and that's how we're going to do it here. Think about the Hall of Fame career that he's had. Now it could be ended in Dallas, Tommy. Well, and I think of all the Razorbacks that went on to play in the NFL, and there's been some good ones, Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winners uh, on, on that are pro hogs. He's probably had the best career, not just of any football player, but of really any pro athlete. What'd you say, nine Pro Bowls? He's probably made in excess of $100 million in his career. And look at the longevity of his career. What, 17 years? I mean, and and I'm talking about you got to consider guys like Joe Ferguson who was around a long time but didn't have the Pro Bowl-type career. You look at a guy who's in your two that are in the Hall of Fame that come to mind quickly as players and that's all worth and Dan Hampton Dan Hampton with a with a Super Bowl but man you look at you look at what Jason Peters has done over the course of nearly two complete decades in this league and I don't know how you have a better resume than what Jason Peters has in the NFL last thing here in your hog update apparently Robert Moore Tommy hit his first professional home run with the you want to try and guess his Minor league team that he's currently playing for? Oh, I should know, but I don't know. The so. Carolina Mudcats. The Mudcats. Is there anything more creative than minor league baseball teams when it well, comes you to the mascots? Yeah, you got to be to get yourself out of the pile. It's a, it's a, the number one person, the most important person in a minor league franchise is the director of marketing, right? Come up with all these crazy stunts and names and all that stuff. So, well, good for him. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get to see him on a bigger stage soon. That's going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. You ever been in a Porsche at yes. any point in your life? Yes, I have. I don't think I have. Apparently, Quinn Ayers... Never driven one. But never driven one, but you've been in one? Yeah. Who's were you in? Uh, we did a, a radio remote at a... Porsche dealer in Tulsa, like years ago. So I'm sure that's our, one. That's our. That sounds like our audience. Yeah. Us, a bunch of Porsche owners. Well, apparently Quinn Ears owns a Porsche. Did you see mm. and hear that his car got towed? Pete yeah. Dammel, ESPN, found out why. Well, Wendy, I did some deep investigative reporting today. Uh, Channel my inner Paula Levine. Uh, I found out there was a parking pass mix-up between Quinn and his family, and he, he put the wrong pass on his Porsche. So the Ewers family took a little family trip to the tow lot, which is at the Texas softball field. 200 beans later, the Ewers got their Porsche back, and Quinn went on with his Saturday night. So apparently he put the wrong parking pass. Yeah. Texas starting quarterback on his Porsche. 
and it got towed. Is that not the most Texas football story that you've ever heard? Well, and I saw a Sark comment that, hey, he needs to park where he's supposed to park or something like that, he said in his press conference. So they weren't trying to defend him. Listen, you're not going to get much sympathy from us or anybody or about parking on college campuses, parking or, or yeah, the parking people on a college. You don't get much sympathy about my Porsche being towed, you know. Good luck on uh, getting a lot of uh, public outcry for that. Think about that Porsche. This if 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 Quinn Ears was that Porsche and what it would look like post Alabama, the thing would be beaten and battered, and broken. I mean, that Porsche would look like a vehicle. It'd be it'd be totaled, would it not? I mean, he's going to be totaled after this week. I think Will Anderson. You'll need a little paintless dent repair. That's for sure. Toa Toa. I mean, those guys battle. All those guys are going to eat him alive this week. I don't care if that game's in Austin or Tuscaloosa. He is going to get obliterated starting at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, you look at Bama's schedule. They had Utah State. They rolled 55 to nothing. Texas this week. UL Monroe on the 17th in Vanderbilt at home before playing the Razorbacks. The Razorbacks are going to be their toughest test of the first, what, five ball games of the year. Arkansas is better than Texas. We all know that. So, I mean, you just look look down that schedule. That's a lot of time to be kind of peeking ahead a little bit. They'll never admit it, but they're, you know, looking a little bit at Arkansas fam. They're going to keep up. That's a game, I promise you, for uh, for Saban. That's, that's his first measuring stick is how they physically can go at the line of scrimmage with the Razorbacks. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. It is Telephone Tuesday. I want to know the first phone, cell phone-wise, that you ever owned. Mine was a Motorola Razor back in the day. You remember those things, the old flip phones? Mm -hmm. I know that some still have them. They were as popular then as the iPhone is now. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was a blue Motorola Razor. And then you moved on from that. The next cool thing, Tom, was having a full keyboard that you could type out with. I think it was a... A Nikon or something. And then I at one point I had a Blackberry too, which I thought it was real cool on that. What was the first did you have a Zach Morris phone in the nineties? I didn't I never first? had the big the brick. Okay. And Bruce Stanton who's with us from Pratt, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if you will. I had a bag phone. Remember the bag phones? That was the first one I had was the bag phone. So um do you have a ba- bag phone? I didn't have a bag phone. I remember you're bringing back bad memories. When I worked for the Southwest Times, we had those old Radio Shack Tandy computers, and you had to type a 20 inch story with. You could always see three three lines at a time, so you'd be yeah. going back and forth, up and down, and then you'd have to do the phone couplers to send your uh, story. Yeah, in. I mean, now and that was a work phone. I, we didn't have personal cell phones till much later in life, but we had bag phones to do basketball. I mean, you remember we were both 
covering north side, south side games years ago, and you use that bag phone with that coupler yeah. thing you're talking about to get the to get the game on the air. And I, uh, and they, they, I had a phone in my car. Now, if you were big time, you had a, Kevin Hickey uh, just texted this in as well. He, I, a, you had the phone mounted in your car, and it was like the original Bluetooth without being Bluetooth, where it was wired into your speakers and it had the microphones. Uh, one of my dad's close friends, Ivan, had one of those that was mounted in his truck, and it would honk the horn. If you were outside your truck, it would honk and let you know you were getting a call. That that's that was big time if you had your phone mounted in your truck. Fisher had an LG phone with the little circle mirror in front. Fisher, I remember that. If you want to text in your yeah. phone or call in with yours, 877-377-6963. Quinn had a Nokia 3310. I do remember the first phone interview I did with a coach on a cell phone. It was Johnny Majors, and it was 91 or 92. He was having his limo driver drive him from <laughs> Topside Road on Fort Loudon Lake to Knoxville to the university, and I was interviewing him about the Arkansas game. And, of course, he was on the staff here for a while under brawls. But uh, I, just, I just blew my mind. I called my dad later that day and said, man, I just talked to Johnny Majors on one of those cell phones. Yeah, on one of those cell phones. <laughs> I remember it. And this wasn't a cell. I thought it was because I would know. I was a little kid. My dad would be out at Gaswell sites, and they were actually two way radios, but they were like a phone you'd pick up. It was like an actual phone. It lo- yeah, and it looked like a phone, but it's actually like a two way radio. I thought that was the neatest thing. When I was five <laughs> or six years old. Hog dog text in the AT and T truck phone. Now that's the one that has like the the buttons are out, right? It's like the white buttons that you that are almost out there if i remember that correctly that you can punch know. up i think that's what i'm talking about william from jonesboro another nokia I is just, that brand even around I, anymore i don't I've probably been swallowed up by one of the others but i remember when you used to take your car in to have a phone installed <laughs> i mean they, like there was an all store you would drive and they'd take your truck in the back and they would install your phone into your truck or your car i mean Technology's changed a little bit. That's now. pretty crazy. So. I get annoyed. I don't know. I think Tommy, you brought this up the other day. I get annoyed when someone's talking to you, Bruce, and you turn. It turns out they're just on their earpods, and you think they're yeah. trying to talk with you, and it's not you. What, what's irritating about cell phones? I fly a lot, and you like you go to an airport bathroom, and people will have a full out conversation. <laughs> in the john in the uh, airport and I, I make as much noise as possible for those people it's probably uh, the best way to get a stock tip right there yeah, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right that's your red river dodge morning rush daily question red river dodge in heber springs arkansas's number one ram dealer log on at redriverdodge.com bruce we're gonna feature a new segment with you this week tommy texted me last night and wanted to put out his Power rankings in the Southeastern Conference 1 through 14. So, Tommy, without further ado, I have not seen these, by the way. You haven't seen these. So, this will be authentic reaction this morning. Every, you know, everybody's got their top 25. Everybody's got their whatever poll. So, I said, why not the morning rush do our own thing? So, we'll rank the SEC teams every Tuesday morning 1 through 14. You want me to start at 1 or? I'd go. There's not a lot of suspense. Go bottom bottom up. up. Actually, I'm curious. Do you have. Go ahead. I, I'm curious which you have. Who would you think I would have, guys, at 14? Chuck said yesterday Vanderbilt. His, his okay. hot take is that Vanderbilt's going to win at least one SEC game. Okay. They're still terrible. I do not have Vanderbilt at 14. You have Missouri? I have Missouri at 14. Oh, okay. 
What, what Show me gonna... a solid opponent in their first three games. Will you come back to studio if Vanderbilt beats Tennessee this year? Will you sure. show your I'm going to the game. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to the game. Okay. Now, I do have Vanderbilt at 13. 13. <laughs> so Missouri at 14, Vandy at 13. Hey, they're the only 2-0 team in the SEC right now, guys. Yeah, that was that was a little tough for uh, the Elon fighting Phoenix. Yeah. That was a little tough last week. 105 points in two games. So... They they've uh, they made a little offensive noise. We'll see what they do with the uh, who do they have this? Well, we Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. Vandy didn't even make the, the size of our area. We didn't even have room for Vandy's <laughs> schedule on here. I legitimately took it off because I didn't think you'd refer to them. <laughs> <in any position. laughs> now I need them. They're two and zero. All right, Missouri fourteen, Vandy thirteen, LSU. I got them at thirteen. Someone needs to tell Brian Kelly we play special teams in the South. So I've got LSU at thirteen. I've got Auburn at 11. They beat an FCS Mercer team. Check back in two weeks when they play Penn State. That oh, That's a tough week three matchup. Yeah, I mean, but but how can you have Auburn much higher than 11? This week's opponent for the Razorbacks. I got South Carolina at 10. They had a sluggish start against Georgia State. They may move. I may be as wrong about South Carolina as anybody in this poll at 10. We'll find out. I, you know, maybe I hope they're not listening. That's bulletin board material. Well, I'm just saying I may be wrong about this, but based on their first two and a half quarters or so against Georgia State. I, I have a hard time putting them ahead of my team at number nine, Mississippi State. They had a lengthy lightning delay, like we'll talk about with AM coming up in a little bit. Uh, but they got they handled that as probably as well as anyone in the country that had a lightning delay. I don't have a list on that, but they did well. Will Rogers, five touchdowns. They play Arizona. They got a chance to move up. Arizona's not the greatest in the world, but they, it is a power five opponent. So South Carolina at 10, Mississippi State at 9. I got Ole Miss. We had 400 yards of offense, but only scored 28 points. We got them at number 8. Yeah, they were underwhelming. Texas A&M at 7. They had a three-hour rain delay. I, I, it's a hard read on A&M yeah. right now. They beat Sam Houston State 31 to nothing. Uh, you talk about the quarterback numbers look okay when you look at the box score. You were commenting how Haynes King did not look good. Um, Sam I, Houston it, State. What it's just four seven. Yeah. 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 So I, I've got a hard time figuring out where AM's at. I've got them at seven this week. Yeah. The Tennessee Volunteers checking in at number six in the SEC. They take on Pitt this week. That's going to tell us a lot more about UT this week. That's fair. They didn't I didn't think they looked good even though they won fifty five and nothing. Yeah, I mean just they were they didn't look real good. I rewarded teams that played better competition or We're named Alabama or Georgia, as you'll find out. All right, Kentucky at number five. Second place in the East on the line this week in Gainesville. We'll find out about them. I put Florida at number four after an impressive win. Anthony Richardson, best dual-threat quarterback in the SEC, question mark. So much for Dan Mullen, huh? Billy Napier got the most out of him Mm. this game. We'll find out. You kind of wonder, was Utah overrated a little bit? They didn't look good. Yeah, rising and for rising to throw a red zone interception the way he did. Yeah. He's supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12 and more veteran in the in all of college football. I think we all thought Florida was going to be bad just because they fired their coach. We knew they had talent, but we weren't expecting them to win this yeah. game. All right, top five in the SEC: Kentucky at five, as we just said, Florida at four. The Arkansas Razorbacks check in at number three. Solid win, solid win against a ranked Cincinnati team. Um, very physical ball game. I thought Arkansas showed what they needed to show. I've got Arkansas right now. They look to me, and why are they at three? Not trying. I tried to not put them at three just to 
to homer up, but they looked better than Texas A&M this weekend. They looked uh, they looked better than Florida in some regards, and they beat a, a, a top 25 team just like Florida. And Kentucky, we don't really know enough about. So I think Arkansas right now, you can, you can justify them being at number three without just homering up. This is where I'm curious where you go on, on two and one. All right, so Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas, 5-4-3. Number two, who would you put at number two? Alabama. Would you put at number two? After the performance, I would probably say Alabama at two. And I'm not saying Bama's performance. I'm saying what Georgia just yeah. did to Oregon. Georgia played what's perceived as a better opponent on a so-called they neutral the, side. They had the best, in all due respect to Arkansas and Florida, they had the best win of the week in the manner in which they, they won. They did. So I've got Alabama at number two. That's exactly uh, where I, I, my note is here. They look great. They just didn't look as great as Georgia. And they didn't play the quality of opponents no. Georgia did. And Georgia at number one, most dominant win against the best opponent in the country. Yeah. Now, you could make the case that Oregon and Utah were both overranked at number seven and number 11 in those two ball games that we referenced here. But uh, I've got Georgia at number one just based on the way they played. And uh, so to, to recap, Georgia at one, Bama at two, the Hogs at three. I got Florida and Kentucky four and five, Tennessee at six. The Aggies at seven, Ole Miss, Mississippi, and South Car- Mississippi State, and South Carolina eight, nine, and ten. The bottom four in the league are Auburn, LSU, Vandy, then Missouri. All right, discuss. Where I, am I right? Where am I wrong? I think South Carolina. I, I'd had them in front of the Mississippi schools. I, I think. Uh, I think they've got upside. I think they're well coached. You know the the, the special team Beamer thing. You're going to see that this year. You've already seen it. What they have two blocks against. Mm-hmm. Georgia State. Uh, well, we're going to find out this week. I, I think Arkansas is a good football team. We're going to find out this Arkansas's week. Arkansas is a great football team. But I, I, if you ask who was the lowest, that they were probably the lowest. Uh, I, I think they played better at the end of the year, and, and right. they got momentum coming in. I would say they're better than Mississippi schools. All right, so you think I got South Carolina too low. Where, where am I wrong, Ty? I mean, if you want me to nitpick, until Vandy wins a conference game, I still think they're the last team in the SEC. Okay. I think South Carolina uh, is probably right where you have them now. They still have to do it against an SEC West opponent this week. I would probably still have A&M, unfortunately, at that three slot right above our. I would put Arkansas at four, and you say, well. You would have you know, A&M higher? I would at this point. I've got them at seven. I've got the Hogs at three, so you keep them at three. I hate saying that, but I would still have AM at three. And then so Arkansas you would have them ahead of Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee at this point? Yeah, I want to see Are what they based can on. And I guess what I think they're going to be, because I had picked them in that, in that two slot in the, the West, which I hated doing. I, when I was writing that down, I, my, my, I was having a, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call it, when your hand glitches up or whatever when I was hand trying to write te- yeah hand <laughs> cramp when I was trying to write Texas a in the two slot but I guess just based on the previous week that's probably an accurate now, depiction I did of, these not based on where I think they're going to be at the end of the year week. based on what I saw after one and in Vandy's case two games then that's hard to then so, that's hard I mean, to push back on I still think Florida well. will come back down to earth I think I don't think Richardson can play like that all year but you gotta give him credit no one thought they'd win that game yeah. As, as I move forward with these rankings each week, it will be based on the entire season yeah. that I would, and that week. I think who who had the better win? Was it Arkansas or was it Florida? Arkansas. What do you think? I think it's Arkansas. Okay. I think a a it was by a slightly wider margin. Okay. 
And B, I think Cincinnati may be a better football team. Cincinnati's a good football Utah, team. But and they showed it in the second half. You know, close. you shut them out in the first half. Mm-hmm. They came to life in the second half. Yeah. So, riding Conway, talk, kind of like you're saying, taking it against the games that play. Yeah. And this is well, you know, there's only been one game played. So, the, to me, these were the hardest from about number three to about number 10 or 11 to, to really. I mean, there's not a lot of separation between teams yet because we don't have a lot of data, you know. Tommy JT Hot Springs wants to know how dare you have LSU in front of Vandy? <laughs> well, it's just slightly. I mean, they. I think. I think LSU is slightly more athletic than Vandy. If you want to know the truth, but I do have LSU at 12 and Vandy at 13. So I don't. I don't have a huge disagreement with your list. I think that was pretty well put together list. Yeah. On that, I just sat down last night. I thinking about something we could do that was new and different and. Uh, Everybody ranks something, so why not us rank the SEC teams every let me, week? Let me ask you this. If Arkansas beats South Carolina and Florida beats Kentucky, would you move Florida above Arkansas at this point? Do you think the quality of Kentucky and Utah is better than the quality of Cincinnati and South Carolina? I think, they, yeah, you, think the, it's a road game. I think you can make that case, absolutely. Okay. And, A, you need to see the margin of victories and how the teams play okay. in the eyeball test. But I would think if Florida wins by an equal margin, if Florida won by an equal – and I would even say if Kentucky, Kentucky may get bonus points if they can go to Florida and yeah. win by 10. If Arkansas won at yeah. home by 10, it would be hard not to put Kentucky ahead of the Hogs. I didn't think Kentucky – I listened to the game after listening to Chuck Barrett's great call again while we were driving uh, to Tennessee on XM Radio. And uh, Kentucky had a – they came out of the second half with a, a touchdown return on the kickoff that kind of made them look better than they really were. They struggled in that game against Miami. So I, I think – I think I think it's going to be a tall order for them to still go down there and beat Florida based on what Florida did. Bruce, let me ask you what Tommy asked me earlier. Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, is a little better runner than KJ, but isn't the passer. He's not as polished at this point. Did you feel like that Richardson got way more national attention after his performance than KJ did? I mean, KJ threw for over 220 yards, only was incomplete on eight attempts. He was, I think, 18 for 26, slightly under 70%, had four total touchdowns. And I felt like he didn't even do anything if you look at what national media was honing in on what Richardson did. Which he had a great game, but well, it's like, dude, what? This is how you got to look at it. I think it was unexpected that Florida was going to win that game. That's so fair. I think they got a lot of props. Uh, and I think it surprised the media how well Richardson played. I think everybody expected KJ Jefferson to do what he did. I mean, if he didn't have the game he had, uh, you know, I, I think that would have been surprising. But he, he did what everybody thought he was going to do. And I, I think most of the things I read nationally were were uh, complimentary. They weren't overly glowing because I think he's reached the point. This time last year, he'd have probably got the same right up Richardson did because people didn't really know what to expect. But yeah. they expect him to do this now. Well, I think what this season is for K.J. Jefferson is there's so many opportunities for him to make himself known. We we know who he is in Arkansas. He's a great player. He's a leader. And he's one of the best quarterbacks that you've had in some time. But from a national perspective, when you're playing the likes against some of the quality opponents, even BYU who found itself in the ranking now. I mean, you, you have so many ranked and visible television games this year, Tommy, that KJ is going to get, I think, maybe not after week one because it was expected, but I think he's going to be able to blow the doors off with some people's opinions about him just because of how many people are going to be watching his games this year. Well, and KJ plays in the SEC West against the best teams in the country. Not that, you know, Florida and, you know, Florida's going to play Georgia and you can prove a lot there and Kentucky's good, but 
Um, I think the best defenses, and maybe this maybe this is changing. I think we're seeing if Florida improves, the league gets better and the East gets better. But you know, Georgia's as good as Bama and proved better last year. But the depth and the bottom end of the SEC East is not as good as teams five, six, seven in the West. And when you can compare statistics, I think the the a quarterback in the West should get a little bit of an edge because I do believe that you know. And Arkansas has been amongst those three teams. May end up being there this year. They don't win those toss-up games. But right now, I'd put Auburn there, Mississippi State there. <sighs> Who else would you? I mean, you know, there's some pretty good teams. It's hard to d- determine. At the end of the year, I think you're going to say the collection of teams in the West and those defenses were better. And that's why a quarterback in the West should get a slight edge in that opinion. Yeah, I just think after the first game, again, Richardson, what he did was unexpected and that probably deserved more attention. I mean, yeah. I, I think KJ did what he was supposed to do, and if he keeps doing that all year long, he's going to get plenty of attention. Yeah. But that, everybody has to admit that was a shock result. No one expected Florida to win that game. No, because I think in our picks, all oh, I picked us, Utah, yeah, and, and laid the points. Yeah, I think because it was only a, it was a two and a half point spread, which we thought was kind of low, and then Florida for Billy Napier. What I said earlier, we this bought week, in too much to Utah, and and. We'll find out. We're going to find out this week. Is, is Florida really any good, or is Utah just yeah. terrible? Yeah. And, you know? yeah. Kentucky's an elite SEC defense. It has been for several years, and we'll see what Richardson does against them. And yeah. I think this could, when you have a a quarterback like the quality of Richardson, at least from what we assume, taken away from his Week One performance, I think could be wrong that they could at least challenge Georgia if they continue on the projected trajectory. I could be completely wrong about that. They could drop against Kentucky this week, guys, and go right back down and yeah. come back to earth. Yeah. But if you have a quarterback with the dy- dynamic ability like you do here in Fayetteville with K.J. Jefferson, it resets everything else that you have on that football team. And you've got a running back that went for more than 100 this week with Rocket Sanders. You're going to have Dominic Johnson back hopefully this week, but at some point that um, you know it's going to be able to, to give you feature-back type numbers. You got... Uh, and you got two other back, AJ Green. You've got four good running backs that Arkansas can keep some fresh legs in there in the second half, where other teams aren't going to have the quality as deep as Arkansas. So that takes some pressure off of KJ to, um, you know, to be the feature runner for the Razorbacks. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you read what the Cincinnati Bearcats defender said, I mean, they had a lot of respect for KJ. He's a full-grown man running. I, I think going back to the Anthony Richardson thing, who would you rather try to tackle in the open field, Richardson or K.J. Jefferson? I mean, mm-hmm. I think you'd rather try to tackle Richardson because mm-hmm. you're going to have a Mack truck running over you with K.J. You love if K.J. Jefferson. You are just talking about how Hinton Hooker really did impress you in week one and then <laughs> going in here. It's, uh, and you're, we were talking about if who was the team that we referenced if they had – or Clemson. If Clemson had K.J. Jefferson, they'd win the national championship. And then I said Hooker, and you're, you kind of uh, – that's uh, you're 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 the second Tennessee guy that I know that would rather have Jefferson on his team rather than KJ's a dude, man, and he's he's shown it to this point. I just think when you have a quarterback like him, when you don't feel nervous when he has the ball in the fourth quarter, just changes the outlook of your football team. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are at... CJ's. All right, let's go to the phones and welcome in our guy, Tom Murphy, to the show. Tom, good to see you for the first time in a long time this past Saturday. Uh, what did you initially take away? What were your initial thoughts following Arkansas's 31-24 to win over the Bearcats? Well, from the big picture perspective, and by the way, good to be with you guys too. Big picture, I think Arkansas has shown that it's a it's a winning program right now. I mean, they didn't play their best. You know, had a few fruitless offensive drives, uh, let some guys go deep. Um, tackling was mostly good, but there was, there was some missed tackling. Punting wasn't great. But they just they just know how to win. When the game was on the line, <clears throat> they made some defensive plays. The Jordan Dominic play really stands out. Um, Cincinnati marches down the field with its first possession. Looks great. And then Dwight McLaughlin picks it off and goes 51 yards to set up a touchdown. So I just feel like the the players understand, you know, what it takes. I don't think they get too worked up. Um, you know, we're going to see them facing a deficit at some point this season, how they respond to that kind of thing, I'd like to see. But, you know, they converted half their third downs. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to wind up being uh, a, a very good team. <clears throat> um they missed a few deep balls, as we all know. I, I counted four, maybe five deep balls they missed. If they can convert one or two of those, it, it's a different game. Arkansas is going to have to fight and claw a little harder. I'm concerned about uh, defensive depth now with Catalan and Slusher injured. And the D-line was slightly better than I expected. I think you know, it's, it's almost like kind of a no-name D-line. They just kind of do their jobs. But Terry Hampton stood out. Dominic stood out. Um I don't know. I think they're just going to be a fun team to track, and they seem to have hit on all their portal guys. And and when a coaching staff, you're not whiffing when you're bringing in that you know percentage of new guys, veteran guys, and you're not whiffing on them, and they're they're delivering. That's a huge sign that coaches know how to evaluate the guys uh, in the portal. Have you heard anything through the gate grapevine on Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I've heard several things. But the problem being, it's it's somewhat conflicting news, so I don't want to speculate other than I don't think either one is going to play this weekend, um, and then we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But um, yeah, I mean, the Catalan one—it's really hard to say when exactly it happened. Uh, did it happen when he he got the uh, defensive the illegal block and ran into the three hundred twenty pound guy into kind of his thigh you know, his hip area, um, <clears throat> and then 
when the when he when the quarterback ran into him, it wasn't that violent. So I'm not sure like when it happened, um, and if it's his right right shoulder, arm, hand, wrist, something going on there. And then the slusher one, you know, well was it was it a concussion, pinched nerve? Is he has he got some structural damage in his shoulder? You know, hearing all kind of stuff. So we'll just we'll just kind of see it play play out and. Um, uh, it's just a bigger a, a bigger deal on you know Brini's got to play better than he did, and I think Kari Johnson's going to play a bigger role than Jaden Johnson. So it's going to give these guys you know it's going to test their depth. Yeah. Tom, five forty nine left of the game. Cincinnati scores. It's thirty one twenty four. The Hogs are up a touchdown. Uh, they go to Rocket Sanders twice, get a yard on two downs, and now facing third and nine. This is a play I think you can pinpoint that you know you could make the case won you the game. KJ Jefferson scrambles, gets you uh, 14 yards on third and nine, takes the clock from about four minutes and uh, down inside inside two with that series, and the Hogs never give the ball back to. In your opinion, what did that play mean to this team and for KJ, and and uh, how far did it go to winning the game? Yeah, you know, there's a handful of defining plays in every game, and that was certainly one of them. You know, the Dominic play, the McLaughlin play, there's a few others. But, um, you know, Jaden Hazelwood's catch in traffic, great catch. Um, but <clears throat> I went back and looked at that play, and one of their linebackers, Huber, grabs K.J.'s arm, and it's, it's not a solid grab, but he grabs it, and it's basically in the backfield. So the, the rush got to him pretty quick, and KJ decided he's going to run. So <clears throat> Huber grabs his arm and he runs through that quite easily. So these linebackers have been playing almost the whole game. And, you know, there's a fatigue factor. Uh, when he gets about eight or nine yards into the run, the other linebacker, Pace, has a chance to hit him. And uh, he, KJ kind of jukes him so he doesn't get anything. And then there's one other guy, and I forgot, a safety, I think. Um, I think it might have been the guy Byron Threat um, is, is got him, you know, KJ gives him a leg and then pulls it, and the guy's got him around the ankle. And if he can just grab and pull him down, they're short of the first down. But he gets out of that too and, and then gets into the free and then runs out of bounds. So it, it was a fantastic run, and it's, it's basically KJ Jefferson at his best. It was a pass play. Um, he said Rocket probably was open. Um, I don't remember where Rocket was out of the backfield, but he, he made the instinctive decision to pull it and then gets out of three potential tacklers to get the first down. And that last 549, I mean, I think that was the, the happiest thing. The thing that made Sam Pittman the happiest was Cincinnati never got the ball back. And, and let's face it, if they had, if they had had to punt, mm-hmm. first of all, I think they would have used Reed Bauer. And then second, they're, you know, holding Cincinnati back. I mean, they'd moved the ball pretty well in the second half. So just a f- fantastic series for the Razorbacks. Yeah, no one wanted to see what would have happened if Ben Bryant and Cincinnati had gotten the ball back in their hands with the way the secondary mm-hmm. had let some guys free. You mentioned Rocket Sanders there. 20 carries, 117 yards. We were trying to def- to, to figure out last week and you were with us who would be the breakout player perhaps in this ball game. I would have to give the nod to Sanders who um, got over a C note in this game with 117. <laughs> yes, he did get over a C note. You know, I, here's what I think of Rocket Sanders. I think he is so naturally gifted as a football player that I basically just took it for granted that he's going to have a good, like 
he's so solid in what he does. Um, he loves football. That you know, one seventeen doesn't surprise me. He had a couple of other long runs that were called back on some edge holds, and um, you know, and he had you know he had a few one yarders and things like that. But you just keep hitting it, and and things will happen. The, about the scariest run he had was the one. It was down the goal line on about the three, and he and he went left, and he kind of bounced, and he ran right along the goal plane for a few yards. And all it takes is some streaking safety to come in there, and you could have yourself a safety. But he ended up punching it out, and um, I think Arkansas's got a few things left. Him, him in the pass game a little better. Uh, there was one where KJ could have let him, and it would have been a huge gain. And instead, he the way he threw it, Rocket made the catch, but it put him on his butt. So. Um, I just think when Dominic Johnson comes back, this is going to be one of the best tailback groups in the whole nation. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports, talking a little football with us this morning. Tom, I would guess that you probably watched a highlight or two of South Carolina against Georgia State. I went back and have watched that a few times. They didn't look that great to me. Rattler threw two picks. They didn't have that many offensive touchdowns. Did you take anything away from some South Carolina film that you might have watched yeah and i've talked to some folks about it too um a yeah rattler um you know missed some throws the o-line is you know was so bad last year and they thought they would be much better and it's a veteran group but uh they did not have a great game now georgia state does have a very high quality d-line can't take that away from them they had trouble running the ball uh, but once they see the film, they're going to see Arkansas looks a little vulnerable vulnerable on the deep throws. And if, if they get their timing right, they do have some guys like the, the Carry and Joyner did not play last week, but they have some other, and, and, and he might be available this week, but they're going to take their shots against Arkansas. And that's where, you know, I, I think those kind of plays can turn a game. And even if your running game is not being productive, uh, if you hit on some shots, it, it makes up for all that. So uh, Arkansas DBs are going to have to be on alert this week. Um, you know, McLaughlin played okay, but he also let his eyes um, um, wander in the backfield one play and could have given up a, a super deep ball. Hudson Clark was pretty solid. Uh, they went after him a good bit, and, you know, he, he, he missed a tackle or two, but he was pretty solid. Um yeah, I think South Carolina, their defense is going to be pretty salty in the long run. So Arkansas is going to have to be a little more efficient on offense to uh, to secure a win in this one. I thought Florida was really impressive in their win against Utah in the Swamp this past week. Tom, when you look at the other SEC highlights that you got a chance to, to watch is there a player or team that you were kind of surprised at their performance in week number one? Um, I thought LSU would be a little bit uh, more cohesive. Um, yeah, Florida's impressive. I, you know, I was just keeping up with the scores until I walked out of the stadium. And when I did, there was only like a minute something left in the game. And so I listened to it uh, on my phone. Uh, I think Utah went and scored, and there was a minute something left as Florida, or Florida went down and got their their go ahead touchdown. Um, yeah, so I know that Anthony Richardson had a big game, and um, I, I just put Florida up in like probably number eleven in my AP poll that I just submitted. So they went from out of the poll to eleven in my eyes. 
I didn't see a whole lot of you know, you know any of the other games other than highlights. And Georgia looks like they haven't missed a beat. Bama's going to be Bama. You know, A and M. I did see some of that one, and they got off to a slow start. But that was the same way they did last year. And uh, we'll see what comes of that. But you know, the Ole Miss score wasn't particularly impressive, breaking in a new quarterback and so on. But you know, these teams are going to round into shape, and the, the conference would be fifteen and zero if. LSU had somehow miraculously come back and beaten Florida State. We were talking Saturday night, you know, and, and again yesterday on Labor Day. Will Florida be ahead of the Razorbacks when the polls come out later today? You mentioned you had them at 11. I don't know where you had Arkansas, but I, I almost kind of expect Florida just because it's Florida and their brand. And be interesting to see if, if Florida rises and surpasses Arkansas after their win over Utah. It, it will, and the poll will come out, I think, around maybe one or maybe noon central um and i have arkansas at 13 i moved them up a couple of spots uh high quality win uh, you know cincinnati i think they're gonna probably still win the american um and decent chance that they run the table in the american as they did last year uh i like a lot of the parts of their team you know um they did they did have some issues and i would call them the kind of um fundamental type things that didn't expect to go wrong. Uh, the bunch of penalties down there near the goal line, and then the helmets, which is which is oh. a real curious thing. Uh, and Rob Gilmore pointed out correctly, I think this is a discipline thing. The players didn't want, you know, the helmets to be so tight, so they didn't buckle their chin straps good enough, and they lost their helmet probably ten times. Yeah, and 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 in some cases. You know, it was a player that had to come off the field, including their quarterback once, that, you know, you need them in for that next play. So, I mean, uh, I've never seen a game that, that had so many of, of those kind of stoppages. All right, Florida-Kentucky this week. you got Tennessee-Pitt and Arkansas-South Carolina. Is there a game that's more intriguing to you? I, I didn't put Bama and Texas in there because I don't expect much of that game. Is What's the <laughs> game maybe outside of Arkansas-South Carolina you think might be most intriguing on the SEC slate this week? Uh, I haven't looked it all through, but I, I, I'm with you on the ones that you referenced before. Of course, Pitt, Pittsburgh, you know, that was a good game in the backyard brawl. There were, there were moments where I thought West Virginia was going to pull ahead and stay ahead, but Pitt pulled it out, and um, they're at home. And I understand that Pat Mar- Narduzzi said yesterday, oh, there's only two conferences, SEC and the Big Ten. We're just playing peewee league here. So, you know, firing them up. Um, they beat Tennessee last year. Uh, but Tennessee, Tennessee's coming on. Um, to me, they're very comparable to Arkansas on the other side. Just a team on the rise, seem to have the right pieces in place, pretty dynamic. So that game should be very interesting. And then, you know, this is a big moment for Texas. I, I mean, after what happened to them against Arkansas and then the real flop at the end of last year, there was some hype in the offseason about them. Some people have them in their top 10 or 15, I think. I don't yet. Uh, but if they can stay within a touchdown or so of Alabama, um, it would be a big deal. If they somehow could pull off an upset, um, it'd be a huge deal. Um, the question is, can they hang in the trenches? You know, can they withstand the 300 pounders on Bama's defensive front and the pounding that you know Alabama's going to try to put on them on, on the offensive side? Tom, we'll leave it there, man. We appreciate you coming on with us every Tuesdays at eight o'clock. We'll talk on Thursday at about seven twenty. Outstanding. Talk to y'all then. Right, Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush. I was just looking at the schedule. If Florida can beat Kentucky, and that's a big if this week, and if Tennessee can beat Pitt, it would likely set up 
a week four three and zero matchup between Tennessee and Florida, and then perhaps you got Arkansas and A and M both at three and zero. I bring it up just you know when TV starts looking at who they want to put on on the tube that week. Bama's playing Vanderbilt, probably not. Georgia that week uh, is playing Kent State. Those are the two games that are probably going to get the best two TV slots the week before if they can win this week. So that's why this week's games are so important because you're going to start deciding, you know, what you're going to have and at what times, what networks on the 24th. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the outcomes matter a lot this week I, for Florida, for Arkansas, and for Tennessee. Tennessee and Florida, CBS would go with that I, over Arkansas. And I A&M. agree with you. I mean, oh, which I'm okay with because then they'd probably stick you on ESPN late at night, six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I mean that that's kind of what's in my mind at at stake with the outcome. That's why beating South Carolina is important if you want to play in one of those better two time slots. Uh, you know, on the week of the 24th. Hey, attention sports fans. NFL's back this week and BetUS.com is back for their 28th year of NFL action. The industry's biggest sign-up bonus is 200% and it's only offered by BetUS. And with all the NFL games starting this weekend, the NBA will be here before you know it. Major League Baseball with the postseason coming up and hundreds of new casino games, including European slots and live dealers that are waiting on you at the tables. It's all there at BetUS. US.com. So you need a sports book with integrity and longevity. That's 28 years with BetUS.com. Call 800-79-BETUS. That's 1-800-79-BETUS. They'll walk you through setting up your account. And nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. So join today. Mention ESPN Arkansas when you call or go online. That's ESPN Arkansas. And get up to 200% in bonuses on your very first deposit. Mention ESPN Arkansas. Nobody can beat the deals at BetUS.com. Join today. Get a 200% sign-up bonus. That's BetUS where the games begin. Want to remind everyone that episode two is live of the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast with Chuck Barrett, uh, presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. If you haven't got a chance to listen to it for the first time, just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. It's also on hitthatline.com as well. Chuck's going to be doing this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if you haven't heard. So it's definitely a podcast that you're going to want to add to your collection on our network and our listening space when it comes to doing that all right so when you look at this upcoming week for as tommy just said not the arkansas game which we all know as we're arkansas fans listening right now that that's an intriguing game there's some really good great games at least the outlook of texas alabama looks good until they actually play and i say it's alabama at texas i want to see what happens in tennessee with Tennessee this week when they travel up to Pittsburgh to play a team that just narrowly won against West Virginia. Missouri's playing Kansas State, which Missouri is not a favorite in that game, Tommy. Mm -hmm. They are an underdog in Manhattan. But to me, you ask Tom, I'll answer your question. He asked Tom, the Florida-Kentucky game is the most intriguing game to me. Over Alabama and Texas, over uh, Missouri and Kansas State, over Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Kentucky-Florida... 
really sets the tone for the rest of the way in the SEC East, in my Should opinion. be a top 25 matchup. I, I, Kentucky was 20th this week. I expect they move up or at least stay the same. Florida will jump and leap into the polls, be ahead of Kentucky. That's a 6 o'clock game on ESPN, so that won't be good. Tennessee at Pitt, that's a 2.30 game on ABC. That'd probably be the other one of intrigue. And then Fox has the Bama-Texas game at 11 a.m. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.